0: Okay. Glad you all could make it to our first parenting seminar, or my first parenting seminar. I'm probably not your first. Uh,
1: with CLC, that is. No question. Are yes. we get after the yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, we're serious here, dude. <laughs> um, and uh, I hope today's time—we're going to really try to respect your time by going to two—but I, I hope and pray that it will be helpful, and that you will walk away with something like, "Hey, that there's some value there." Um, Not just good food and good drinks, although that's important too. So we have this series going on that we are aiming to go through July of next year. The first two uh, are going to be foundational to talk about uh, just our own personal maturation, our own personal evolving into whatever our kids need us to be, right? And I've uh, been... Thinking and working about this idea of growth-centeredness for a while, it's a—I uh, kind of feel it's a culmination of the journey that God's had for me. Because I think I started off with needing so much growth. Okay. Um, yeah. When I first got married, first two years was really rough on my wife. <laughs> I was an only child, <clears throat> didn't have any mentoring right part. I mean no guys coming around and telling me like what the I probably would have listened though if they did. Um so I had a lot of growing up to do there. But I also started my teaching career with middle schoolers at the same time. So stepping into the classroom and trying to figure out classroom management. First five years was was tough, because I came in pretty lenient, and you know what happens if you're a lenient teacher, kids run the classroom. So after a year or two, I swung the other way and got really strict. I became, you know, the teacher was just, I had a reputation for always saying no, no, <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> everything was no, <laughs> Uh, figured out that that wasn't effective either. I mean, it was in terms of having more order in the classroom. But here I was in a Christian school. And of course, I want to connect with students' hearts, right? Because we are teaching the Bible and about God and whatnot. So eventually, I grew to become a person that had some good limits and boundaries. But also, understanding what it means to connect with another person's heart. Um, So that you can build that trust and have authentic teaching going on. Now, I would say, you know, I got married and started teaching around 1990. And I started seminary in 1996. My daughter was born in 1998. And the son was 2000. Well, working at school, um, being married... And then having kids. And then going to seminary as well. I began to try to just put together something that made sense. Uh, I'm not very good at compartmentalizing. So for me, it has all come together. Or it doesn't. So, learning stuff about the Bible. Theology. Learning about students. Especially middle schoolers and high schoolers at that time. Uh, learning how to be a husband, learning how to be a father. Continue to, I guess, help me build momentum behind this idea of being growth-centered. Like, what's always going to continually rise to the top of my priority? What am I going to consistently give attention to that will help me do well in all of these? Because I wasn't smart enough to just try to work Individually in each one. You know, I can't, I'm not a detailed person, so I need big ideas. That's just me. <coughs> um, and once I started, I guess, opening my deepest parts to God, that's what made a difference for me. At home, in the classroom, and even with the Bible, you know, having it make a lot more sense, uh, a cohesive sense throughout the entire thing. <coughs> so I hope to share the fruit of all that with you, okay? And, you know, when I say that I'm growth-centered, it means I still have a lot of growing to do. (laughs) So um, manage your expectations, right? (laughs) Still plenty for me to learn and, you know, mature in and whatnot, okay? But the, the, the tagline here is a holistic strategy. For parenting, uh, a holistic strategy, just for better relationships in general, whether they be at home or at work, or with our, uh, you know, our, our aging parents, uh, in-laws, whatever. I have some objectives for us today. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, understand why. Um, I'm proposing this idea of Centering on Growth, and then have you do a couple of activities. One of them is to assess your alignment, alignment of what's meaningful for you, your ongoing regular thoughts, and then your actions on a daily basis. And then there will be another activity where you're going to work on an assessment of just where you're at in terms of these big picture developmental models. And then the last objective is that you would be able to share about some of your takeaways from today, and possibly some next steps. Okay? Any questions before we go on? So I want to start off, first of all, with just looking at our mission statement. Love God. Make disciples that love God. Love others. Serve the world. I want to ground that firmly into life at home. What does it mean to love God at home, to love others at home, as well as serve the world at home? So when it comes to loving God, um, my mind goes to Deuteronomy 6. That says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The rest of that passage is about cultivating this kind of love with your kids, right? Uh, but it really is this idea of uh, holistic, um, holistic being, holistic development uh, when we love God. That it involves our entire self. It's not just what we do, but it's equally like who we are. So loving God with who we are, uh, our character our attitudes, our beliefs. Uh, loving God is the empowerment to be uh, the best spouse possible. Loving God is the source of being the best parent possible. Um, and Of course, it's the head of, of our service as well. Thank you. Now, when it comes to loving others, I like to really focus in on the idea that when the Bible, or when God says, hey, love your neighbor, or love each other, yeah, some of it is, Um, acts of service, what we do for each other. But when you go through Scripture and you look at loving each other, a lot of times it's just about the patience, about the kindness, about the lack of comparing, Um, trying to get to know the other person, the real person, rather than just observing behavior. Um, This love that is always believing, always protecting, always enduring, right? So there's a lot of being in that love. And I say that especially to Asians because a big part of the Asian love language is doing for. Nothing wrong with that. But when we look at scripture, we do see that that's not enough. Okay? And when we um, have tensions with kids, tensions with our spouses, you can't just do stuff for them. You have to work at the interior and your perception and your patience, right? Your humility, your compassion. Um, Okay, so then serving the world. Well, I really believe the world, one of the greatest needs this world has is for Christ-like people. In your workplace, in our homes, we need people that are full of grace and full of truth. People that can be fully honest and candid, but absolutely respectful and compassionate as well. So it's not either or, it's both and. Um, <clears throat> to, you know, engage conflict well. I mean, think about the workplace. A lot of times, you have problems with your boss, your co-workers, when you go home, problems with your spouse, right? How do you do that in a healthy way? <clears throat> Where it's not just withdraw, isolate, become silent, or flying off the handle and just, you know, letting them have it. Right? But how do you create the safe space to share deeply, to share openly, to share honestly? So I think when we have people like that, if we can raise more people like that, it's going to bless the world. right? Um, okay, so that's enough of that. Now let me move on to this idea of before I got any questions about some of that introduction and connecting to the mission. thumbs up? Awesome. All right. So centers. When I first presented this to the staff, they're like, what? <coughs> centers? Is that like the centers of the kids do in school, you know? Um, and when I say centers, I'm talking about four values. We're talking about what, not what we say is most important, but what is driving our decision making on a consistent basis. What, you know, how do we manage our time, our resources? Those underlying ones that really set priorities. And that's what I'm talking about when I say center, our center. So Sometimes it's going to be work, sometimes it's going to be school and education, <coughs> sometimes it's finances. Right? And so, whatever is like the biggest, most important thing to us, kind of at a subconscious level, that's how we, you know, fill out our schedule, our calendar. Um, that's what determines how we show up in a, in a conflict. That's how we show up when we don't have anything and we're just like, I'm done. Right? And that's what I'm talking about when I say centers. What is your center? I mean, help me flesh this out, guys. I mean, because I know that this can be a vague idea if you've never heard before, if I've ever talked to you about it before. But center is just, yeah. How do you organize yourself? Anybody have questions to kind of check that or dipstick the meaning here? Maybe you can like tell me what you hear. I'm saying What, what I mean by center. Are you saying
1: it's what you're focused on at the moment? It varies
0: from time to time? I'd say it's what you're focused on consistently. Maybe not every moment, but it's consistently pushing things. I mean, like I could have one week, or I'm putting in a lot of hours, but it's different, If that that's every week. 52 weeks a year. Right? So what's center, you know, what's Organizing, I don't know how am I organizing myself? Is it to be the primary breadwinner, day in and day out? So everything organizes around that. Yes?
1: How, how does that relate to priorities?
0: Okay, so priorities, when you start your day, you have your priorities, what you must get done, what you guard, um, what you'll say yes and no to, right? which you will allot resources for. So, <coughs> what your priority is, is determined by this organizing principle, by this central thing that is driving everything else. In other words, everything else has to orient around it. So if it's God, well, that's going to look a certain way. But if it's finances, that's going to look a certain way. So whatever we're getting our security from, whatever we're kind of getting that deep sense of significance from, strength, is that kind of that's it? That could be if that's your organizing principle. Right? Because for some people, they might say, okay, for me, it's not necessarily meaning, but I'm a person of action. <clears throat> i got to get things done. But that's my organizing principle, that's my center. Yes? Uh,
1: core values
0: or what you base your self esteem on? Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, there are people that base their self esteem on their work, or their status of education, um, success. Right, so, that's, so that core value, it's all very based
0: on Yes, that's what I'm shooting for, today, to find here. Okay. Any other thoughts or comments about that? Okay, so core values means something. That centers, if it doesn't work for you, just... Okay. All right. next slide, please. So now let's go ahead and do an activity to just for you to clarify what your center is or your core value is, all right? And it's going to do this by looking at what you consistently think about, what's really meaningful for you, and then ongoing regular actions. So on page four, all right, uh, we're starting to look at centers or core values and just, you know, realizing they do have very far-reaching effects. If you do anything <coughs> 24-7, every day of the year, you're gonna have outcomes. It could be positive, it could be negative, but it could be neutral. But for us today, just, I'd like to spend about, maybe if you spend about 10 minutes, all right? First of all, thinking about uh, your definition of marital and familial success. Okay, so that's gonna be our meaning as parents, right? What's gonna be best for my family, my marriage? So just identify that, define that. That's gonna be our meeting portion. And then thoughts, like what are your day-to-day thoughts and how do they align with what you believe about marriage and family? Especially when you have difficult situations that arise between you and a loved one, whether it's a spouse or a child. So those are the thoughts. And then actions, what are your regular activities and how do they align with your meaning and your thoughts with regards to marriage and family? Does that make sense? Uh, I've given some examples of, of meaning, something that's meaningful, and then some possible thoughts align with that, and actions. So, for example, like faith-filled life, faithful life. So, uh, if that's really meaningful for me, then God, thinking about God, thinking about biblical attitudes, values, principles, My innermost person, right? Those would be my thoughts. Uh, And then the actions are loving and empowerment and liberating. In other words, I want to be Jesus to others to strengthen them and help them to become all that God wants them to be. So that's an example. I've given three more examples. You may or may not like my examples. That's cool, right? But hopefully, you kind of get an idea to think about what's meaningful for you as a parent, as a spouse. And then see how your thoughts and actions align with that. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. So give that a shot. And then maybe in a few minutes, once you kind of capture something, share it with the partner. So um, how was this for you? Difficult. What made it difficult <laughs>
1: yeah. okay.
0: So maybe it takes a bit more time to think this broadly, right? Uh, so I was touching base with uh, Jesse about this. Jesse, would you mind kind of sharing what this did for you, this little activity? I guess if you ask me
1: what I'm centered on, it probably, I probably think it was faith field or family. But As I was reflecting on um, even this past week, with how I spent my time there's a lot more projects, work, managing my time, prioritizing seems more about me, so um, I really need to rethink what I do and look at my values more, all I got to do some changes, make some changes in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the main objective of this activity. (laughs) It's just to think about how am I using my time? And there's absolutely no judgment. However you're using your time, that's you. But then the next question, well, what do you wanna do with that spread, right? There are gonna be be weeks where you have to work on this project. But then on the larger scope of things, how am I consistently managing things that shows a certain centering, a certain core value, okay? So why center on growth? Why organize around growth? Why uh, prioritize growth? Today I want to share these three development models with you, just to think about uh, stages of psychosocial development, personal consciousness levels, and then Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you all pretty familiar with most of those, or all of those? Is there any that you've never heard of before, or seen before? What is personal consciousness? <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll get there, right Okay? Yeah. Um, but these are the things I'm going to initially kind of go over to, to um, give a big picture reason as to why central growth. Why have that as a core value? But the first one, has to do with this lifespan development. Where down here, this is infancy. That we need to develop trust. We need to feel like this environment, this world, is a safe place. And that just sets a very powerful baseline for the rest of our lives. So it's faith, it's trust, or if as little babies we're not getting what we need, we're going to develop this low-level, basal mistrust and skepticism of people, of the world. The world's not a safe place. From there, when we become toddlers, it's about autonomy. And if we don't achieve autonomy, we could slip into shame and doubt. Like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. Right? These low-level things. But autonomy means, I am smart enough. I can do this. Let me do it. I want to do it. Okay. Um, toddlers, of course, don't for doing that. Right? They want to tie their own shoes, whatever it may be. Right? But from there, on the preschool age, is initiative to actually try something new. Right? Rather than feeling like I'm always going to do it wrong. Okay? I don't want to try because if I, if I try, I'm going to mess up. But how? the confidence to just try new things. In the elementary years, it's gonna be industry, meaning I can impact, I can affect things. I can put my mind to it, work on these problems at school or whatnot, in these social circles, and I can start seeing myself as a person that can affect. Okay. Or uh, more along the line still along the lines of autonomy initiative, right? Um, development of the self now it's kind of hard to see probably but this one here is the beginning of adolescence well actually it is adolescence and it's the time to develop identity like who am I what is life about those deeper questions and the crisis here is if we don't develop a positive or healthy identity it could lead into role confusion where I don't know what I'm doing And maybe there's a lot of experimentation in there, which is okay. But that is kind of the crisis of that stage. Identity or just being confused about who I am, what I am. Now, if we can have a solid base of these, then we move on to early adulthood, which is intimacy versus isolation. So coming to a place where I know myself well, I know myself deeply, and now I know how to get close to another person to let them know me. And I can know, get, try to get to know that person at that level as well. <clears throat> Middle adulthood is going to be generativity versus stagnation. So their identity, uh, generativity is I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to show up and I'm going to bring positive change. I'm going to bring blessing to this world versus stagnation, meaning this is just how it is. It's how it's always been. This is how it always will be, right? And so just having the sense of, I don't know if it's complacency, but not a lot of hope for improvement because just the system is just, that's the way the system is. But that's the crisis there. And then the last uh, stage in upper adulthood is integrity versus despair. At the end of our lives, we want to come to a place where it all just comes together. Okay? The good and the bad the pain, and the joy. My successes, my failures. It's one integral perspective. And the reason why I could integrate everything, the good and the bad, is because of Christ's redemption. That I don't see anything as a waste. Whatever I've gone through, whatever I've struggled with, whatever I've achieved, versus despair, that's just a horrible place to be. Everything's meaningless. Everything's just, what am I doing Yes, and what's the difference between autonomy and initiative? Uh, so autonomy means I can do this myself, right? Whereas initiative is I'm trying something different. it's definitely all in the same vein, but it's a little bit further down the line in terms of development. So why should we center on growth? Because throughout our lives there are these numerous crises and challenges that we've got to overcome. There are positive outcomes of these stages, and there are negative outcomes of these stages. There are pitfalls. There are traps. And if we can prioritize growth, that means we can continue to learn, struggle, evaluate, try again, and overcome these crises, overcome these complexities. Because as we get older, life does not get simpler necessarily. You've got so many things to give attention to. On the outside, but also on the inside. Because on the inside, every day you're adding to your narrative. You're adding to your story. You're becoming something. You're becoming someone else. So, you know, you you look at your spouse or you look at somebody else that's close to you. they are not the same person today as they were a few years ago. Even if they say they are, you're not the same. We are moving. Uh, Any questions about Yeah, psychosocial. All right, so personal consciousness. It's similar because we're still talking about stages of being. But here, we're identifying some other nuances of each stage. Starting here where it's just physical survival. Our mind is thinking about what do I need to survive? And then from there, how do I get along with them? How do I fit in? The next one, how am I different? I distinguish myself. How am I unique? I, I want to fit in. I want to belong. But also, I'm, I want to be myself. Four is kind of a very key place. Because uh, it's the place of letting go. It's a place where you're deciding for yourself. What do I really believe? And yes, my parents told me this, and yes, society tells me that, culture, I'm this, I'm that, but four, stage four, is coming to a place where, well, I'm going to decide, I don't want that anymore, that's not me, and I'm not going to continue this tradition, or hold on to this value, and you determine something new. Something that's authentically you. But of course, we know that God wants us to connect with others as well. So it's making our own decisions about our relational values too. How we're going to show up, how we engage, and how we commit. Now, this is so key because after this, we can kind of launch into greater meaning in our existence. That life is not just about making a living. It's not just about relationships. It's not just about this or that. But what else is it about? What else has God made me for? Yes, I am a man, I'm a husband, I'm a parent, I'm a dad, I'm a minister. Yes, I am, you can fill in the blank, whatever else you do, but what else is there? And above that, how can I take my uniqueness, my relationship, my connectedness, and make a greater impact into the community? (laughs) into my family, right? I have parents or grandparents. I've got kids. I've got grandkids or a part of my, I've got a bunch of siblings. How can I make an impact there? And then at the top level is just this larger scale of taking your values, of compassion, of humility, and serving. So that's, hopefully that kind of answers your question, Art, from your personal consciousness. What are we conscious of in the moment in the certain stage of life? What matters to us? To that meaning. <clears throat> and then, of course, what are we becoming? Okay? What are we becoming? Are we becoming this wise, visionary person that God intended you to be? And like I pointed out, this is kind of the key place that I found anyway. So why center on growth? It's just greater effectiveness. Greater effectiveness, your ability to affect reality. Your ability to affect your own reality as well as those of those you love, those of you that influence, and those that you work with. How can you affect reality in a more effective way? Off that effect. Okay. <laughs> Any questions about this particular model? Alright, so let's move on to Maslow. So Maslow. You know, after studying a bunch of people that thrived, that flourished, he began to see commonalities. And he saw that they were able to meet these different levels of needs effectively. So, their physiological needs, their security or safety needs, relational needs, esteem needs. And that if you can have these, what they call the deficiency needs met, then you move on to developing even more of who you are, cognitive, aesthetics, um, <clears throat> transcendence, self-actualization, that means just bringing out your uniqueness, the kind of uh, reflection that you are of God, your productivity, your fruitfulness, your mastery, that's just unique to you, how God wired you. So I thought this was really interesting, because it helps me understand why I need to be healthy, or why I should want to be healthy. Because with each fulfillment, it actually kind of like unleashes or or emerges a new motivation. A new motivation to be more of what God made me to be. Whether it's to be more creative, more loving, more, you can tell me the black okay? (laughs) more whatever. And not to say that we always have to want more. But the question is, what else is there? And when I think of that, my mind goes to the promised land. That God says, hey, this land I have promised to you as my people. Did the Israelites ever conquer that land? And even at you know, the point of the Davidic Empire, was the entire land mastered? No. They never fully mastered that land. There's always, there's always more territory to take. And so I kind of understand that as hey, God has given each of us a potential. And there are battles and there are wars to be fought to conquer that potential. And a lot of that means I need to pay attention to my ammo depot, you know, <laughs> my ammunitions, my resources, my, my men, my legions whatever's at my resource. <clears throat> now, I'm going to share the next one here. This is a revised Maslow, 2010, where some researchers uh, related the top levels of, of being or needs as parenting and bait retention, bait acquisition. And I thought that was really interesting. So I'll equate that with self-actualization. Now, to say that, hey, to be your best, to be the best parent you can be or to be the best spouse you can be, you need to have the ability to fulfill needs, your your own first. And that that will, you know, uh, generate those motivations to be your best self, creative, moral, powerful, humble, uh, compassionate, courageous, all those so why center our growth? Well, it's not only just to become the best, you know, our best selves or to grow in Christ-likeness, but also to be the very best parent and spouse that we can be as well. Any questions on that as well? Now, trying to put this all together, yes, Andrew. Angie. Angie. Angie, yes, Angie. Uh-huh. I was gonna
1: say, so when you keep Yeah. Like, is it growth versus stagnation, is it, because I feel like growth is a mm-hmm. thing, a, a right. thing, it's right. not a like center, like you said, work, family, things like that, so mm-hmm. is it the general growth in the correct categories, or is it the idea of growth and you not know, just stagnant, or maybe within that place? I don't mean for this chart specifically. specific.
0: Right, I'm right, concerned. right. Um, Growth to me means moving forward in these models, that I'm moving towards uh, gener- generativity and integrity, that I'm moving forward towards being the very best person that I can be, best parent I can be, right, oh. with the personal consciousness, being uh, a person with wisdom and vision so to be able to lead.
1: Yeah, well, no, no, I, don't,
0: I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put it that way. I would just say less intentional, right? Because however you're living your life today, however you're organized or centered, I think you're moving forward in some way. It could be three steps forward, two steps back. It could be, hey, let's take a little deviation for a little bit or whatnot. And all I'm proposing is I'm kind of fixing my, I guess I'm kind of being OCD about growth. <laughs> Maybe put it that way. That's not a good word actually to use. But, you know, um, Maybe it's conviction. How's that? Yeah, Yeah. that's sure. I actually
1: had to laugh to see this revised version of Madeline because if we look at some of us, we said, oh, we've achieved transcendence. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that. So there must be.
0: Well, I think that's the danger. We're not trying to say that parenting, in general, is transcendence. I just have to have a baby. Now, oh, I've, I've reached. I it's what kind of parent am I? Um, yeah. Well, that's why I try to use other models, too, to fill in that, that concept. Okay? Well, <laughs> okay. so I
1: think the idea is translating you know, if you want to, you need to have transcendence. How do you achieve that? Well, you need to be able to perpetuate and pass on legacy. And I think in order to do that, you got to reproduce somehow. And I think so. That's what it means, like maybe parenthood, like becoming a parent, so you have this opportunity mm-hmm. to pass on.
0: A, legacy. a reproducer. Here, you take over. <laughs> 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 okay. But thanks for that. Yeah, it's the ability to reproduce what you believe to be most meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Right. A legacy, right? right? Yeah. Yes, Linda. Oh, well,
1: I was thinking like trying to be a parent because you feel like that's an achievement and uh, when you get
0: there there was not failure right. and well, there was children's failures, mm-hmm. but
1: uh, the, the other thought there was it really takes things into sharp focus if your foundations aren't very strong or my self esteem is quite stable because then as my children are growing I what are what kind of values am I selling in them so they should, it should sort of cause you to really take a look at where,
0: where Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, that was great insight by the way, thank you, alright, because as I've been thinking about these models, it's all kind of insights that I'm getting about why I need to do this and that, right, but it's so easy as parents to be distracted, so to speak, and it's by good things, believe me, by responsibilities, but I think our goal here is how can we become more intentional? With greater focus, not just who we're becoming. As Dallas Willard, American philosopher, Christian writer, he said the most important thing at any moment is who we are becoming. Because that tells us our direction. What's our direction? What are we becoming? All right, now, so this next uh, graph that I've created is again just trying to synthesize everything in a way that hopefully it makes sense. Why center our growth? Why organize ourselves around these things that help everybody in the church, right? especially ourselves? Because it will impact our soul. And that is, I find, biblically speaking, that is ultimately the, our essence level. Like, what are we essentially? We are our soul. And when God first breathed into the man this pile of dirt, he became a living soul. And if we have a soul that is thriving, then it helps us put in place and align our mind, our body, our will. Okay? And if my soul is well, then I have the ability to steward uh, the, my body, my will, my mind in the way that God wants me to, according to His design. But if, I, if I'm a lost soul, or if my soul is just almost dead, because I haven't been paying attention to it, I don't give it its needs, then my body's going to take over as boss a lot of times. So I'm just driven by my cravings, my appetites. Right? Or my mind goes awry, and my emotions are all over the place. And ultimately my will. I mean, if we ever try to just do things by willpower, we're going to find out pretty quickly that this doesn't work. You have to have a much... Deeper or bigger understanding of yourself—that you're not just a will, you're not just a mind, you're not just a body and a mind and a will—you are a soul. And John Orper does a great job of delineating what a soul is and the needs of a soul. So he's got a book called Soul Keeping. Want to check that out? <coughs> but see, what we're becoming affects our soul. We're becoming you know, intimate, generative, in, integral. That affects our soul, what we're becoming. And if we're thriving here, okay, it's also gonna help us in the development of going through these stages as well. A Forward movement in our lives. Is this making sense? There's a two-way street here that our being is wholly connected to what we're becoming and they just feed each other. So why do I wanna center on growth It's so that I make sure this machinery is running well. And that's one way to look at what I'm talking about here. We're just trying to uh, look inside this device called life that God has given us. Looking inside this mechanism of how do we move and mature to become the full person that God wants us to be. To achieve our potential. uh, The promises he's given us. Now, practically speaking, I wanted to throw in a practical, very practical component is, this is the pathway to action. We receive data, right? We see stuff, we hear stuff, and then we interpret it. We interpret the data. And whatever our interpretation is generates a feeling, whether I feel like doing it or not, or maybe I'm just going to go against that feeling and do it anyway. And then that generates the action, right. uh, And of course, there's a wide range of how these progress from one to the other. But generally speaking, this is how we act. These are the steps to our behavior. That, does that make sense, right. And this whole area of becoming and our soul impacts here. The story we tell ourselves. Now, this is most evident when you're in conflict. You're in a heated conflict, disagreement. Emotions are strong. Well, whatever story you're telling yourself, it's going to generate the feeling to either run away or fight. Like your fight or flight mechanism. Now, of course, God wants us to manage that. He wants us to have dominion over that fight or flight response to be peacemakers, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. These are the most, the people most accurately reflect the Father. Well, this story that we tell ourselves, we want it, or God wants it, to generate fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Because then I can really show up as Jesus would want me to, or as Jesus would. And so why center on growth? Why prioritize growth? Because I want to do or be the very best that I can be to affect this. And I don't want to keep telling myself stuff that's not true. Whether it's about myself, others, or God. And if you think about it, isn't that a big reason why God sent his son? Because everybody has the wrong idea of God. It's called idolatry. Idolatry. And so God comes in the form of a baby. God's son comes in the form of a baby. He says, this is God. Goes through life and heals and heals and heals. And says, this is God. This is where God shows up. And he goes to a cross. That's God. So we're telling ourselves hopefully a different story, an ever-evolving story, a deepening story That is the gospel. And that gospel we want to mature in our lives. It's not the same story we told ourselves in Sunday school or have we heard. Not that there was anything wrong with our Sunday school teachers when they told us. But today, we're not in that classroom anymore. And hopefully today, all 66 books are informing our story. And we are exercising that story as we engage each other. Whether it's in fun and joy or it's in disagreement and to hash out truth, and to try to reconcile different philosophies, um, different agendas, goals, or whatnot. Any questions about this thing? <laughs> okay. Now, I have uh, another activity for you. And this is just to give you a snapshot of where you're at with regards to those three models. You can pick and choose whatever you want to do or not do. Okay. But like I said, hopefully you don't get any sense of judgment as you're doing right? uh, Use a 1 to 10 scale for currently where you feel you're at with regards to this stage of development or meeting these needs in your life or whatever. And then the second column is, where where would I like to be in the future sometime? Maybe six months. Maybe this time, 2019. Right? Where do I want to be? And then the last column is for you to think about, okay, now if I have this awareness, what am I going to do with it? What do I want to do about it? I don't want to do anything about it right now. That's fine, too. But just... You have some space there to think and hopefully capture your thoughts. Um, it's one forty. I want us to get out of here by two, so how about five or ten minutes for you to just work on your own, and then the last five or ten minutes for you to share? How's that? Yes. On the so question. So um, come
1: back to over here. Right here.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: what if any of those areas you're not doing well and you need to see like help, and, like counseling? Areas whatever? before you even go to that yeah, Call on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll call me. So does, does that would that delay obviously to, to, to the
0: bottom, that kind of that sense? I would say it's delay again to focus on what will you do now. What do you want to do right now about it? Okay. And that in itself is an act of transcendence, right? You observe where you're at and you just think, what am I going to do with it? And maybe it is to go seek help. Talk to, other, talk to professional, perhaps.
1: Wait, so you just said transcendence. Are you saying that it's not like Nirvana where you have to achieve for your entire life, you have to achieve every step of the way before you can transcend, or are you saying that you could be transcendent in the in some small aspect of your life? Yeah, I think so but so it it's compartmentalized. <laughs> totally. Just those little triangles. If you want to, go in part, part, part of your life. Right? Yeah, i Try to set it. How's that going with the braves on? I can't say it. I think going Is there like a time horizon on the,
0: where you want to be with this? Like, before I die, kind of thing? Like, <laughs> well, you, you, tell me, you tell me. Song? You tell me. Anyways, what, would be, fish, isn't it? what would be, what would be a meaningful time on for you? <laughs> uh, you have as much time as you want, but we are just done it too. I'm freaking right
1: now, so you better be transcended soon,
0: okay? <laughs> Make your choice now. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to share some takeaways with your spouse or neighbor? I think
1: if I can make a comment. Yeah. Like, maybe like a more like descriptors on each of the items. Would be a little okay. And, yeah. And having a hard time
0: like understanding what I'm saying? Hmm. Say? Anyone in particular that we can just Take a quick jump on. Like right, loving and belonging teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. <coughs> so the assessment that I'm thinking there, Gordon, is, you know, with regards to this area, how do you feel like you're doing there? If you have a team, if you're thinking about let's say a work team, like how well are we working together? Uh, We're achieving our outcomes. Um, Is that helpful? Mm -hmm. And then if you're talking about like a scripture that comes to mind for team or even just love and belonging, um, for the team, I'm thinking of like the passages on the body. Each member does its part, how we recognize that diversity. Maybe I'd come up with better ones if I pass some time. Um, for love, i I'd go back to First Corinthians 13. What love is, and how am I doing in those areas? Anybody want to jump in there? Feel free. If I could uh, get your attention back up here. And uh, we've got five minutes left. I'm curious if anybody has like some takeaways they could share with the, uh, the group at large. Takeaways from today. Any thoughts come to you? Andy had a good
1: point of view. She was saying that how many of her she wants to be is a different thing. is like, 10, where we want to be at, which is the interesting takeaway. Because I think, environmentally or culturally, or even being culturally, either like where we live or culturally as a race, we're trained a certain way, a certain number that's equated with a 10, right? Like Which is like 10 out of 10 is an A, right? But well, let's say. Let's, right? um, Let's say for our 10, is like our 10 is like for, favoring, let's say for you know, a child that has more needs, let's say for aspect, like, or whatever it's going to be, that 10 is like for them to so get out of the house just to you know, go to school, right? Just to get out, of it, right? So I think that was neat. Mm. So that's neat. Well, I hear you put 10 as well. That 10 is a plus, it's just well. Right. Which is interesting how you put that, because I think some people are going to have an issue with that. Great mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. Well what I really appreciate then is it highlights the importance for diversity or subjectivity. Yeah. And we need to respect that. Yeah, right? definitely. It helps to broaden our own perspective. So we're not so narrow.
1: Even if you just saying, like, want to respect it, I think some people have a hard time to respect that because it's not on their terms. Sure. And then that's where sometimes I think people have the issue with hanging out with other people, or just because, like, oh, well, we won't even want to hang with people that do stuff well, so I'm going to, I don't know, it's, it's very heinous mm-hmm. very groupish, very, like... Exclusive.
0: Yeah. You know? Not not saying that... that I don't that respect that, either. Yeah, yeah and then I respect too. then it
1: creates a whole bunch <laughs> of things another cycle if I'm like oh that's another bit of money. Then I begin to feel really like sad about me and going, Man, this
0: is Well this I mean, is mean all of this contributes towards better discussion or better conversation. And and even like procuring disagreement, I think there's a lot of value in that. Because how else do you come to better decisions unless you're kind of duking it out so to speak? But in a way where you don't throw everybody at the bus or offend, but you have that safe space to, to, to talk it out. Right? <clears throat> Any other takeaways?
1: I just have to... This is one of two foundational seminars.
0: Thanks, Marilyn. That's the best takeaway. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, at the bottom, I believe on the last page, um, I've got some wrap-up ideas, and just highlighting that kids need to see experience. And learn this kind of, kind of big picture movement from us. That's why we cannot overlook our own development. You know, when our kids were first babies, they just need caretakers. I hold them, hug them. Once they start getting on their own, they become you know elementary age and lessons. They don't need that kind of caretaker anymore. They need you to get out of their face, so to speak, while still being connected in a different way. So that means we have to change. We have to evolve. And our families have meltdowns or blow-ups because somebody's not changing the way they need to. And we cannot be calling younger people to change and not us leading the way. Right? So That's my first kind of takeaway point. <clears throat> uh, our family's wellness really depend on our growth, our intentional alignment of meaning, thoughts, and actions so that once our kids become teens, or even before that, they don't start seeing hypocrisy. Because Jesus had the strongest words for hypocrites. So alignment teach. And my last thing I'd like you to just think about is if you'd like some ongoing support. That's a big part of my role here, is to support your growth and development. In this holistic way, this holistic leadership way. So just email me, and what I'll do is I'll reply with a Google Doc link, and we're going to start capturing your goals, and a spreadsheet to track your progress. Okay? We can meet up and talk about it, or just do it online if you'd like, whatever your uh, availability is, okay? and uh, it's just a time and space, hopefully, you know, not once a year, okay? but hopefully once every quarter once every other month, some of us maybe once a month, right? But it is to give priority to thinking and deciding what I'm going to do with that awareness. Uh, So hopefully that kind of structure will be beneficial. Any questions? Uh, Just a a comment. I, I,
1: I really appreciate that this is like... But I feel like if we get this concept of a, a growth centered approach, and I feel like all the other seminars just kind of fall into place. Mm. So we're, we're open and we're teaching. So I appreciate this being uh,
0: a good first kind of setting this for your seminar. Hopefully that will work out that way. Okay. Well, if nothing else, I'd like to close in prayer. Father, you are eternal. <coughs> And your wisdom knows no bounds. Um, And you've created us in your image. Give us passion for you that motivates us to continue on our own maturation. That we would be so excited and committed to abiding in you that we can be filled with your spirit on a daily basis and become the servant leader that you want us to be, to be the next generation impactors you want us to be, to be the legacy creators you want us to be in whatever capacity that you have us in our lives. And of course, we lift up our kids to you, (coughs) that together we will walk in such a way that manifests grace and truth that centers on the gospel, and the forgiveness that we find there, the freedom that we find there. To not have to be prescriptive and have a formula, but to be authentic and to be real about these ongoing crises of life development, these challenges, these aspirations. Uh, just to continually walk with you and become all that you've made us to be. We lift each other to you, that you would strengthen us and encourage us, and fill our hearts with compassion for you and each other, and praise in Christ's name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next session, November 18th, have a great week. Thank you, so All right. Thank you Michelle, for getting the food. Yeah. And the Marilyn and Lynn for promoting. Everybody else for attending. I <laughs>